Hey everybody, this is RJ Thompson joining you for another episode of the City View podcast and I'm joined today by Ryan Martino of Ryan Motorsports. I'm sorry, Martino Motorsports. Pardon me. I mean, let's be real. It's it's your show anyway. Don't tell don't tell your dad, right? That's right. Uh, say hello. Hello everybody. And uh, say hello to everyone online. Hello um, everybody. We're uh, sitting in, let me dress the, the, the scenery here for you, dress up the, the environment. So uh, we're sitting in Phelps Hall in the offices of the Regional and Economic Development Initiative. Uh, we're in the second floor in their conference room. And um, if you take a look around, you see a bunch of maps and it's very vanilla in here, very plain. So uh, hopefully our, our conversation will, will add, some, add some color to the room. Uh, and we're also joined uh, by three of my design students. Um, you guys can, or rather you girls can, can say hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. Um, they are uh, junior podcast uh, hosts in training. So, um, Ryan, I don't know a whole lot about you or what you do other than the obvious. Um, why don't you uh, start us at the top, take us to the beginning. How did, uh, who are you, what do you do, and how did you get involved in what it is that you do? Okay, my name is Ryan Martino. Some say the better looking half of Martino Motorsports, but uh, it's up I've for I've heard that. <laughs> But my dad and I have an NHRA top dragster race program out of Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, we travel and compete in a circuit mainly between April through October in various <coughs> venues throughout the East Coast and Midwest. Even though the NHRA offers races all the way from Florida all the way to California, we try to pick our best eight claims uh, strategic for our race budget for the year uh, within 12 to 15 hours of our house. And two of those stops are actually in Ohio, which we claim our home tracks up in Sandusky at Norwalk at Summit Motorsports Park and in Columbus at National Trail Raceway. So we travel and compete against competitors from all over the world. And it's an honor to do that out of Youngstown, Ohio, which is our home base, where our home base for this race program has been since day one and where it's always going to be. How long have you been racing? My dad's been racing since the night when he turned 16 in 1970. That probably gives his age away a little <laughs> bit. And I've been racing my entire life. I grew up at the racetrack with my dad. In fact, when I was born, I was at the racetrack, you know, the next day probably. I can't remember that far back. But throughout my younger years, I was, you know, running through the pits, didn't really realize what was going on at the racetrack. And just be, over the years, becoming to know that my dad's a threat in drag racing and how important he is to the drag racing industry and how good of a driver he is. I mean, he's a well-dressed, well-accomplished driver, won every award or accomplishment he could ever accomplish in his life and just continues to do it. In fact, this year, uh, we're about to wrap up our 2016 race season at NHRA competition, and we're going to finish in the top five in one of the toughest divisions NHRA offers, which is quite the honor. Had a couple whacks at number one and uh, ended up losing by three thousandths of a second or four thousandths of a second, wow. which is – you know, you can't even put on a ruler, but it's just one of those years when the, when the luck falls your way, it's your year, and it just wasn't our year. And I'll tell you what, next year we're going to be back for revenge, and we're going for that number one spot. Vengeance That's is right. yours. That's right. Um, so you said your dad's, uh, did you say he's well-dressed? Well-dressed well <laughs> is what most people say when they're really accomplished. You know, like everybody will tell you, they I won understand. this award and that award. So, he's pretty good dressed, although... His boot-cut leg jeans are, uh, <laughs> are turning into skinny jeans where we could tell people, hey, those are just skinnies. Don't worry about it. Well, the reason why I ask is you've, you've got a suit and tie on, 
uh, which is probably not customary attire for drag racer. Um, so what else do you do? Well, most people say I'm the men of many capes. Uh, during the day, I work at 8, 8 to 4.30 for the Honorable R. Scott Krishbaum as a bailiff. And uh, from that point on, when I leave work, I'm you know, dedicated to this race program. Sometimes it'll put me up till 2 or 3 in the morning, you know, working with correspondence with the media, sponsor obligations. And some fans, you know, have inquiry of us. We're always available on our social media sources, which have just been a great asset to us for reaching out to people that uh, have left the area or have, we haven't seen in years. They've been able to reconnect with us. And some of those people are from all around the world, which is you know, people think we're just some, you know, race team from Youngstown, Ohio. But on a on a scale of things, if you look at the media attention we receive and the respect we receive week in and week out all over the country, uh, we're worldwide. Yeah, you're definitely you've got a global brand for sure. I've seen the retweets blowing up my phone, and and that's great for you guys. And congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. That's good. You know, if if you know anything about social media, particularly uh, brand awareness and you know getting those followers. It takes a lot of work and dedication to get to that point, a lot of time. And uh, good for you guys for, for hitting that peak. Yeah, some yeah. of our uh, media sources have actually reached out to us for tips on how to, you know, tips for other races or tips for their organization in general on just how to stay active in it. And our, our thoughts and feelings are if our sponsors and associates and fans are putting in the effort to show their support for our race team, we owe it to them to at least let them know what's going on, what we're doing, and and our sponsors to give them daily exposure. I mean, it's not fair if they're putting investment in our race program where we're going out, you know, two or three times a month racing and with the chances of somebody seeing the car with their name on it, we want to shove that product down people's throats, for a better lack of terms, and put that – and put their brand in people's eyes so that when they go to the market to to purchase something or if they go – online to purchase a product and there's a couple of choices that we give them the best opportunity to get that sale so uh switching gears a little bit uh i want to know um what was your first race like first race yeah it's pretty intense uh the first time i got behind of a wheel most people step up through the ranks they offer different uh i guess they offer junior drags to race program that puts kids eight years old up to 16 years old and behind one of these go-kart engine drag cars and when I was becoming 15 to 16 years old they just come out with these junior dragsters so my dad's like instead of spending you know the money to put one of these cars together which would have been four or five grand at the time let's buy you street car and race a street car well we were so involved with our race program uh, on the NHRA and IHRA circuit that we didn't really have time to, to get behind the wheel and I was fine with that so we kind of put that off for a couple of years, and then I ended up getting a scholarship to Youngstown State University to play football for Coach Jim Tressel. And because the NCAA's strict policies, it was kind of hesitant to get behind of a wheel because the university just invested in me as a player and a scholar-athlete. So kind of put that away, and then towards the end of my uh, junior year, people were just kept approaching me, you got to get behind the wheel on these cars, you know, it's your time, it's your time. So... I convinced Coach Haycock, who took over for Coach Tressel, to let me get a whack at this. So I went out there and got behind one of these, the wheel behind one of these cars. And, you know, my dad's kind of in the shadows, you know, telling you, like, yeah, you watch out for this, watch out for that. But I've grown up my whole life with this race, race car and a race environment. So when I got behind the wheel, it was like a glove. I just strapped Second in nature. there. Right. Yeah. I just, it was yeah. instinct. I got behind the wheel, and just by watching my dad over the year and seeing how good of a driver he was, 
I was able just to strap in and go right down the track with no issues. Now, most people get behind the wheel of a streetcar and go down the racetrack. On my first trip down the racetrack was behind the wheel of an eight-second, 160-mile-an-hour <laughs> dragster. So that was a, a real eye-opener, and, you know, I'm glad I got to do it that way. And then as time goes on, you know, the seat opens up, and I get to get behind the wheel of our dragster, which goes six seconds, uh, about 630s at 215 to 220 mile an hour and a quarter mile. Wow. And it's just an incredible feeling to get behind the wheel of that car. I'm trying to process that or, you know, really trying to find a, a point of relation. Like, all I can think of is, like, riding a roller coaster. It's just like that, and it's almost like if you've ever been in an airplane where you're on a runway and you, you know everybody's preparing for takeoff and things starts rolling and it just goes. Feel that pressure on your chest. The, oh yeah. The force. It's yeah. just like it's just like that feeling, but instead of it taking, you know, instead of it taking off, it just continues to just pull you to the ground. It just keeps. I think when we launched that car, it's three and a half G's. Mm-hmm. I think when a space shuttle launches, it's like 3.2 or 3.3 Gs. Wow. And both wheels are in the air. The tires are shaking, and both wheels are in the air. You can't steer it, so you got to hope it goes straight. And then by the time it touches down, you covered 60 foot less than a second. You're hitting half track at about 175, 180 mile an hour. And before you know it, you got to get this thing stopped. So a half mile is shut down to 225s. It comes quick. Yeah. I just had a visual where... You, you're driving a space shuttle down Wick <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> just laying waste to everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, when was that first race? What year? I think I got my license in 2002. Okay. Yep, and I did it locally at Quaker City Raceway in Salem, Ohio. You have to get a separate license for that? You have to go through really? the whole licensing process. You have to make incremental passes, and you have to have three observers who are licensed in your class of competition observe. And what was unique about that was when I upgraded my license to this advanced ET status to go 200 some mile an hour, I had my dad, one of our close friends, Rick Forsh, and the, the track promoter, who's also licensed, sign off on my license. It was kind of cool to have my dad and this guy that I watched growing up right. and kind of looked at for tips and see how their winning ways were and just transferred it over. And those guys sign off my license, just quite the honor. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you frame it? Well, <laughs> take a picture of it and then frame the picture. Yeah, yeah. Who's the body that uh, accredits that that license? The license is NHRA, and NHRA. It's, that's okay. our sanctioning body. It's like the okay. NFL, the NBA, the NCAA. It's it's our it's our playground. We got to okay. play under their rules, and for sure, and they're very strict about safety, and which they should be. And uh, just the competition levels, you know, it's the greatest competition level on the planet. You know, on that note of safety, what do you have to do to make sure you're you're strapped in properly and secure? Like, what's that process like? Uh, the process to get in that car is it's probably a five to ten minute process. And our sponsors, RGS Safety and Bell Helmets, provide us with the very best of safety equipment. In the event that something will go wrong, we're protected as long as we can. But you have to put on a fire suit, uh, which is layered for. Uh, just safety in case you catch on fire there it's dash 15 suit which means i think it will withstand extreme heat fire for 15 seconds without melting okay so everything has to be certified you got to put on fire uh, retardant shoes jacket pants gloves a head sock would make you look like a ninja when you get behind the wheel you get this head sock on and then uh, the helmet and then there's a hans device which keeps your neck protected and uh, just getting in the car, you get half-dressed, and then you put the helmet and Hans device, and you put a five-point harness on, which go over your shoulders, a crotch strap, and two hip straps. And then uh, just getting those belts tightened, you know, and, you know, I have to help my dad. My dad has to help me get those belts tightened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's difficult to reach. And they have arm restraints, 
keep your hand in the cockpit in case the car flip over. So you got to make sure that you can't pick your hands up past the steering wheel right. for safety purposes, so you can't reach. So belts. you can barely move. I mean, you only have uh, set finite degrees to. Oh yeah, you're in a fine. Yeah. You're in a real small area. It's like a cockpit, like of a space shuttle. And then the hardest part is when it's 100 degrees outside and the track temperatures are 140 degrees. And the first thing you want to do when you get off the track is between the media stick and the microphone right in your face and you're just, you know, just got done going on track. It's that hot. The hardest part is getting out of that car or getting your helmet off so you can get that interview on. So it's like mm-hmm. you got to be ready for everything at any second. I mean, things happen so quick in our sport. You know, we're winning and losing by ten thousandths of a second, thousandths of a second. And we're out there, you know, on a track for you're there a whole weekend for three or four race for three or four days at this race, and you're only in that car for six seconds at a time. It's like, right? This is really making sense, you know. NASCAR, they get to drive around in circles and look like idiots for four or five <laughs> hours. And but tell me how you really feel about NASCAR, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it takes a lot of, you know, to be a racer. It takes a lot of endurance. It takes a lot of training, and you have to be physically fit to get behind that wheel. Nobody. You know, you got to be able to withstand the heat. You got to be able to withstand what that car is going to do to you. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in our sport that are small, that are big, muscular. So it's not like everybody can drive a race car, but it, it takes a real racer to race a car. Right. Yeah. You, you, you still have to have the talent. Right. For it. Absolutely. Um, so, <clears throat> pardon me. With, with that being said, um, have you considered uh, doing any other type of racing or it's just drag racing and that's it uh we drove uh stock cars we were in a celebrity go-kart race a couple years back in indy so we got to drive actually attracted the indy car drivers train on it was a bi-level 40 or 50 mile an hour go-kart track and that's fun so you know anybody out there listening that has anything with the motor in it i'm willing to drive it my dad's willing to drive it so nascar indy car whatever willing to give it all a shot jet ski racing Let's get it on. Yeah, but you, you, let's get some stunt skis <laughs> where you have to kneel down instead of sit. Uh, <laughs> We're always good for competition. Anything that there's something on the line, we always like to strive for winning, and it's something that's in our nature from being from Youngstown. Mm-hmm. So the uh, your season's almost up. You've got roughly a month left. month left, and yeah. uh, we're just winding down now. We have our eight claims in, so it's kind of – we claimed them early just so we can get it in. It's kind of like a golfer, you know. For you know, the first half of the groups get to turn their scorecards in first and let the other guys feel some heat. So we put a good, we put a good point spread out this year, and we're confident that uh, we're going to remain in the top five and maybe even the top three. So we're just uh, <clears throat> we're just waiting to see how the ducks you know fall in place. Other than bragging rights, what do you get for being in the top three? Is there some monetary prize attached to that? or It's mainly just pride. I mean, for what just you pride, put into yeah. sport, it doesn't really give you much out of it financially. I mean, we're investing so much money in this race program just to be competitive. And, you know, some of the guys you race with run with million-dollar budgets, and we're on mm-hmm. a real small budget that my dad and I have to work 40-plus hour, 40 hours a week just to maintain so we go to the track the next time. We have very generous associates involved with our race program, but we're always looking for mm-hmm. somebody to help us just to give you a, a ballpark idea just to pull out of the driveway to go on these races. It's going to cost us anywhere between 1000 to 1500 to put our car on a track, and that's just a good weekend where nothing breaks or we don't have any expenses incurred. Like right. the last race, we want to put our awning out on the, on the motorhome because we travel with the motorhome and the race car trailer, and the awning wouldn't go out. So that's an expense to fix that you need to get uh, back in line. Right. You don't want your awning falling out at 70 mile an hour on the no. freeway. <laughs> no, certainly not. 
You, you tow the car? We tow the car. It's a, yeah. a truck and trailer. We tow it a motorhome, as most racers do. It's a lot easier for us to stay at the track because everything's subject to change with, uh, right. with the NHRA. I mean, we could be on a set schedule, and here comes the rain, or here comes mm-hmm. an unforeseen delay in the racetrack, and then we're there late at night. And it's just refreshing to sleep by the track and wake up, get a shower, and right. go at the day's activities. Uh, where's your next destination? Next destination, we're going to be probably testing uh, a new engine combination coming up in the next couple of weeks in Norwalk, and we had talked about going to Virginia in two weeks for the PDRA race down there. Okay. Uh, that's Is that the week of the – That's you're going to be down in Virginia the week of the 20th? I'll see you there. Probably right, <laughs> yeah, right around there, whenever that uh, second or third week in Virginia is. Okay. Um, so – we we've spoken before the podcast and and you're definitely an advocate for Youngstown. You've got Youngstown pride through and through. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, your you know your love for Youngstown and what your racing program means to Youngstown and vice versa? Yeah, that's not a problem at all. Uh, we're big fans of Youngstown and you know that's a key part of our race program. We contribute a lot of our success to being from Youngstown. Youngstown, Ohio is just it's the best place on the planet to be, and I could tell you that. And everybody that, that knows us knows we're from Youngstown, and we say that with pride. And guys you race with, they're from, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. They're from Evansville, Indiana. They're from Chicago, Illinois. They're not proud of their hometown. I mean, you, well, we're this race team from, you know, they don't even say where they're from. They're just how we're this race team. Well, every time we say our name, it's always about Youngstown, Ohio. It's, you know, people don't even ask to, have to ask where we know, you know, have to ask where we're from. They know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we say that with confidence. And most people from Youngstown do, too. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I would stay up late with my dad. You know, you'd do the pay-per-view fights with Boom Boom. And just when Boom Boom won our first fight and he won the title, and it was like, this is for Youngstown. And it just gives you the chills watching that. And, you know, you see Pavlik win the fights. I got to see Pavlik uh, maintain a championship here in Youngstown. Just to see that championship level – you know, Youngstown's got a, a horse in that race, and then you see Youngstown State football in the 90s, and it's just Youngstown's known for winning, and it's not just about athletics. It's about businesses that win. It's about people who win. It's about, you know, every aspect of life in Youngstown, and our food is just incredible in Youngstown. People, you know, we bring food from Youngstown on the road with us to races, and they're like, Chicago got the best pizza. They, nobody's got pizza like Youngstown. I mean, every corner they got a pizza shop, and it's all good. <coughs> So we bring food with us on the road, and people are usually tackling us for the first slice of pizza. There's, you know, we're on the grill cooking sausage, like the Russo sausage or something from Catullo's, and they're fighting. You know, they smell that, you know, they smell that Youngstown cooking in the air, and they're always lining up. But, <laughs> but Youngstown, you guys should, you should tow a food truck behind the car. I bet you we do. <laughs> we probably make more money with the food truck than we would with the race car. Maybe, maybe, but uh, maybe when. Uh, when the racing's over, which will hopefully be never, but should it end, you can go to these different places and you know sell sell a Youngstown food truck. Absolutely, yeah. and then Youngstown, it's just something different about a person from Youngstown. They're they're all hardworking. Everybody works like they got a chip on their shoulder, and they don't know the stop of working. I mean, everybody in this community works hard, and you know the community got a bad rap. You know, like oh, it's crime. Well, crime's everywhere, and. Mm-hmm. What Mayor McNally's done with the city in the last couple of years when he turned over to mayor, and what you know, Robin Lees is doing as police chief is cut this crime down. Our judicial system is really cracking down on crime. And our crimes, you know, Youngstown's a safe place to be. I bring 
you know, our sponsors in town for meetings, or I bring friends and family from all over the country, all over the world to Youngstown. Like, there's nothing to be scared about, you know. Right. It's just a safe place to be. Everybody welcomes you. It's incredible. People say that all the time. They're like, this is a great place to call home. I said, no kidding. That's why we're here. I mean, we can go. When I left Youngstown State University, I could have went anywhere, you know, across the United States to get a job. Well, I chose to stay here. That's the place where I want to raise my family. This place where I want to stay with my family. Uh, it just has so much to offer. I mean, businesses are starting to realize that. We get the number one business incubator on the planet. Uh, we got so many business opportunities in the area that are growing uh, through the Youngstown Incubator. Uh, I think all these magazines like Forbes and all these top-rated magazines that are worldwide publications are saying this is the best place to raise a family, and it's true. I mean, the cost of living is affordable. Our community is so strong together, and it just it's awesome. It's Youngstown. We're alive. I don't know how to follow that at all. I mean, um, you're absolutely right. I, we have a lot going for us, and, and that's only increasing and growing and getting better. Um, and, you know, soon enough, that reputation that, that Youngstown has for, you know, being this, this crime-ridden city, it's not, uh, it's going to go away. And if you, you know? weigh it, the good and bad, if crime's only bad we have had in our area, then this scale is flipping over backwards. I mean, yeah. it's, it's coming up the other way because there's so much good in this area. Now, I grew up, I was born in 81, so I got to see the struggle and the repercussions of it, you know, the steel mm-hmm. mill shutting down. I never really saw Youngstown <clears throat> at its height. And so, you know, my generation, my goal is to lay that next foundation for this group. I know you guys are doing that with this project, mm-hmm. the City U, a great project. I just want to lay the next row of bricks. I want to lay, you know, start the foundation of this next generation to make sure that our future is secured and Youngstown still standing and surviving on the map. I mean, you know, going through the 80s and early 90s, you just saw the, the struggle, and you knew that, you know, through history and through education, you're going to learn that everything that, that falls in the valley peaks back up. So, you know, you know, Trestle brought the new era to Youngstown State football. He started to bring these championships back. We had a fo- basketball team through Mickey Monas, the Youngstown Pride. They were a championship team, you know. And then every program that athletic-wise is coming through this area, they're bringing some type of title. And it's, you know, like Cleveland, you know, is, you know, we do this for Cleveland. Cleveland wins. That's awesome to see another Ohio team win a championship like the Cavs did in their struggle. But you know, they started saying this is for Cleveland. Well, Youngstown's been doing that for every year. Everybody right. that wins in this area always contributes success to this community because of the hard working and the dedication of all our citizens and community and how strong we are. And you take that that mentality, you know, uh, with you on the road. Absolutely. And and that helps build your reputation, helps build the reputation of, of Youngstown and you know, you're practicing what you preach. But ultimately, like you said, regardless of it, a, it being a sport, a business, or even a, you know, uh, a painting, it doesn't right. really matter what it is. It's that the hard work yields its own rewards, and right. Youngstown is that hard work personified. Um, if there is one thing to take away through a stranger's experiences in, in this city, it's that. Right. <clears throat> also the good food, but that kind of goes without saying. Um, it's it's that hard work. And, you know, more to that point, um, you guys, at least financially with your team, you're always the underdogs. You're not right. dealing with, like, these multimillion-dollar budgets. And, you know, there's, there's something really um, 
freeing about that. You don't need that. You know, right. think about how hard some of those teams probably have to work to get that multi-million dollar budget. And that's great for them if they if they get it, but they may work three or four times harder than you uh, to get it. And what you're saying is, we don't need that. We've got what we need. Right. And we make the most of it. In fact, we make more than the most of what we got. And, and that, I think, perfectly reflects... The, the mentality of, of this community. That's you hit it right on the head. I mean that's that's what Youngstown's all about. You know, nothing's given in the city. You know, LeBron said it. Nothing. We're included in Northeast Ohio. Nothing's given. Everything's earned. And, and that's a great public statement to make. And that's our motto here in Youngstown. Nobody has ever given anything in this area. And you know, whether it's a band, you know, we're all paving the way for the future too. Of, if some band comes through the area and gets, you know, recognized nationally. I mean, Bruce Springsteen got a song about Youngstown. Other than Jersey and, I guess, the streets of Philadelphia, <laughs> who else has a song by Bruce Springsteen, one of the greatest rock icons of all time? I mean, that that means something to this city, if anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this guy comes to Youngstown and, and does a concert, and he, he's keen on our past and just has this love for the, you know, Music's big coming out of this area. We had a lot of musicians that were, you know, Grammy Award winning artists to come out of this area. And it's just like we're waiting for the next person or next business to drop so we could let these other businesses get the spotlight too and get the credit they deserve. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, your being out there and, and certainly figuratively and perhaps literally being a champion of and for Youngstown is, is really helping change that perspective. We're not you know, a collapsed steel town right. anymore. We're, and they know it, too. Yeah. They, they know it, and, and it's all of our, I think, collective responsibilities to maintain that we are not that. We are something brand new. And um, where we're going is, is really exciting. We owe it to the city. I mean, the city's given us so much that it's our responsibility and duty to put it on a line for the city and our community every day when we go out there. Whether we're on a track or not, it's our duty <clears throat> to get it done for the city. And I mean, I just love Youngstown. My family loves Youngstown. We wouldn't, you know, we could take our race operation anywhere and, mm-hmm. and stick it and be successful, but this is us. This is for Youngstown. And you know what? Even if you did, had you moved away, you may be a quarter of what you are now. Right, and everybody you know? that leaves Youngstown, you know, given Youngstown, you know, you know, they always use Youngstown as not, well, I get to get out of the city. It doesn't do this or that. I guarantee you, a year later, you run into them at the mall. You run into them downtown. Hey, you back? And they all <laughs> welcome like, back, yeah, yeah, welcome back. So everybody that always <clears throat> leaves always comes back is because they miss the family environment. They miss what this community offers. And you know, you walk up and down the streets. There's so much beauty <clears throat> and effort in this area. Just downtown alone, people that haven't been downtown in 10, 15 years, we bring them downtown, and they're like, "Wow, I didn't know this existed." It's just getting mm-hmm. that. Uh, getting that avenue to get these people downtown. I think, you know, Mike McGiff is doing a great job with event planning downtown, and the mayor is doing a great job to get these people involved, to get these people back downtown. And, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, some of the stuff I know about what's on tap for the city through the City U Project and what the city has on deck the next couple of years is just incredible. So everybody better hold on. This going to be a wild ride. Hold on tight. And, uh, you know, it, allow me to paraphrase one thing that I, I, I'm really getting across thematically. It's that um, Youngstown's always home, right? but it's always so much more than home. It is. Yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, Ryan, I want to thank you for, for joining us today and, and chatting a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. If uh, people are interested in finding out more about your program, the racing, et cetera, um, where should they go? Okay, we're on all the social media platforms. Uh, some are more relevant than others, but on Twitter, because of the handles you're shortened, is Martino Racing. And then on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can find us at Martino Motorsports. And if you need to find me, you can find me in Youngstown. <laughs> and down at the courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, Ryan. And uh, we'll check in with you again sometime soon and uh, see where that goes. Look forward to it. And good luck with the rest of your races. I hope you destroy the competition. And if you don't, I certainly hope that uh, vengeance will be yours next season. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks again.